0: Welcome to the Irish Tech News podcast, presented by the Tech Doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News podcast. I'm here with Emerald Delu, who is a privacy and data protection expert. So, Emerald, tell us a bit about your background.
1: Hello everybody. Um, I'm delighted to be here. I am Emerald Deleu. I am the CEO of EuroComplied Data Protection Technology. Um, I have a background in data protection, but it's a bit more extensive than that. I have two bachelor degrees in law, another master's in Elon Intellectual Property Law, where I specialize in data protection, which is how I got into all of this. And now I am the CEO of a company that helps companies comply with the very stringent data protection laws in Europe, mainly the GDPR, which is the General Data Protection Regulation.
0: So, your software is SaaS based?
1: I'm definitely a SaaS based solution. Um, We initially targeted large enterprises with our software, but now we're creating a light version to help SMEs comply because. Every company uses vast amounts of, of consumer data these days, and a lot of smaller companies around the place are just questioning how do we land our big clients and put them at ease while we use their data if we're not compliant with data protection laws. But it, it's a really difficult thing to achieve because data protection laws are complex and really stringent, and it's just A lot of smoke and mirrors and there's no need for that. So we're basically making the knowledge that we have um, available and scalable to the masses, I suppose.
0: And I guess, how does GDPR rules work?
1: So the GDPR is a regulation that is, is a bit different and that's something that I saw while I was writing my master thesis. So the GDPR applies to companies globally who have European data. So in this day and age, it's pretty much every company in the world. So if you don't comply with it, you can get fined 4% of your annual global turnover, or 20 million, whichever is greater. Now, that's one problem, but a much larger problem is what I like to call knock-on compliance. And what that means is, it can be best illustrated with the following example. Imagine you're a company in Ireland, and you're turning over 100 million a year. Mm -hmm. Your largest customer is a company in Germany, and they're responsible for 10% of your revenue. That German customer won't deal with you unless you are GDPR-compliant, because under this GDPR, you're responsible for your entire data supply chain. So at the moment, the reality is that large companies are dropping smaller companies by the bucket load because of the risk involved with involving sub-processors who aren't compliant with the GDPR. So that's the tricky part, and that's why we've developed a solution to help these companies basically obtain and retain their larger clients.
0: And what's the cost to use your system?
1: So we have a tiered pricing system. So we have an enterprise model, and that is that can really differ depending on the number of sites. But we also have an SME model where the user pays 50 euros a month in order to gain access to the SaaS solution and to be able to track their compliance efforts and report on them to the stakeholders, be that the authorities or their customers.
0: That's a very good price for an SME.
1: It is, and um, but it does what it says on the tin. It's not um, unnecessarily complex, but it just does what, what they need it to do. And that's really something that we really wanted to offer because smaller companies can't grow unless they land the big names. And you won't land the big names unless you're compliant. But we also know that it's a chicken and egg situation for an SME. They just they're underfunded, so we couldn't charge a buckload. It would make no sense because we would have to not serve them, yeah, or we would have to wait until they became this big company. But they never get there. So that's why we priced it at a very reasonable price.
0: And what data would you what are you talking about when it's about making sure it's secure?
1: Well we made. Um, what do you mean exactly
0: I mean was that is it basically a database of your client details or is it more detailed than that?
1: It's a lot more detailed than that. What we allow companies to do is we ask them questions about their compliance process within the organization. Because the way data protection works and this is where it's very different from just general security, data protection is a compliance issue. Yeah. And that makes it a human issue. Security tends to be a hardware, technological yeah. problem. So you need to have both. Yeah. And let's face it, if if the situation occurs where you have a data breach and it's not due to a hack, it's usually a human being that messed up. And it's way to make sure that that doesn't happen. You need to make sure that you have proper processes in place within your organization. And you do that by raising awareness. And because... Um, our technology is very collaborative. You are you can involve multiple people within your organization to um, analyze the compliance efforts. We create this really holistic approach to compliance and thereby creating awareness within the company of that data protection is actually a thing that you should be taking care of.
0: Right. Which companies should it be using your product?
1: Well, we think that pretty much every company who has customer data should use our product. And right now, what we're finding is that companies who are very much SaaS-based themselves have a greater need than the companies who aren't. But let's face it, even if you just have a contact form on your website, you need to be GDPR compliant, because even a dynamic IP address is considered personal data under the GDPR. So everybody is our target market.
0: I guess also, if you get got a form where you can't just, just fill in an email address, that's the same thing as well?
1: Yeah, the moment that even a normal IP address, even if you you know even cookies anything that tracks a human and you can by even aggregating the data get it to the point where it leads to the identification of a single human it's personal data yeah. so it's an incredibly b- broadly defined um, term under european law it's as broad as it can get
0: so it's good to know that basically everyone's everyone's covered there's not just there's no there's no basic company who's going to be excluded
1: Exactly, but it's also a huge burden, and that statement that I'm making now is is twofold. For an SME, a lot of companies say to me, oh yeah, but we're not a data controller, and My answer to them usually is, do you have employees? If the answer is yes, you're a data controller because you're holding data on them. So that's one problem. But another issue is in the larger enterprises, they often don't even know what data they have. So doing data inventory is usually step one for them. So what we're finding is when we go in and talk with our larger clients even getting them to the point where they can wrap their head around the vast effort it's going to require for them to get to the point where all of their user data is complied with GDPR is an immense task. So what we found is we couldn't cope. So we've had to partner with some of the leading consultancy firms in Ireland to be able to offer the supporting services to our clients. So these were all things that we learned along the way and it's it's been a mad journey, but we're getting there.
0: What do you find so far that there's been, there's been a solutions and problems you have to face?
1: The biggest problem that we initially faced was identifying who our customer was, and that's a huge problem for everybody. Um, But we assumed that when you go into um, a company, that the sales cycle is you go in, you tell them about your product and they buy it or they don't. Yeah that's not how it works and it's definitely not how it works in really heavily heavily regulated industries such as financial services A sales cycle there can be 12 to 18 months so we we suffer from classic startup syndrome where you run out of money before the sale occurs so um we learned the hard way that we needed to be very agile and change strategy and also just really actually listen to the people who are approaching you and generally speaking that were the SMEs who were saying we need your help. Like We have consultants who are telling us that we that they know data protection, but data protection is a pretty rare skill. Um, it's probably worth mentioning to say that I'm a lecturer at Blackhall Place at the Law Society of Ireland, yeah. so I've been doing my very best to position myself as, I suppose, somebody who really knows data protection, who's not just hopping on the data protection bandwagon. And um, We're now catering to SMEs, and that's important.
0: So I guess those guys out here will become your clients, the guys who are at your roadshows. Well,
1: I would assume so. Some of the people, um, a lot of the people who attended that specific event were um, female founders with Enterprise Ireland. So that was a highly competitive investment fund. Ten women from across Ireland, myself included, were selected to receive this funding. And they are all highly ambitious women with... Unbelievable businesses who are now just being fast tracked on their way to success. So, no doubt that they will come knocking on my door when, when they reach the point where yeah. they have to get their ducks in a row.
0: And how many in your company at the moment is just yourself?
1: No, it's not. It's myself. Um, I have a new data protection associate who just started today, um, who is amazing. Um, I just needed somebody who really understood my world, and that's not an easy thing to accomplish. Um, But I have somebody now, which is great. Obviously, I have CTO because I'm not a techie by any means. Um, And I am currently looking for a full-stack engineer. So if anybody feels that they want to come work for me, please reach out.
0: And you're based in Cork?
1: No, we're based in Dublin, um, okay. and we will stay in
0: Dublin. Where do you see yourself going next year?
1: We are closing our first funding round, well, our seed round. So um, once we have that, we are going to scale our team massively. We're going to go from the three people we have now to 12 yeah. in this year. Because the GDPR deals with a deadline, which is May 2018. Mm-hmm. People need to be compliant by this date. Yeah. Now, this seems really far away, but it's not. You have a budget round and a bit in order to become compliant. And for an SME, that's not a huge issue. But for a large organization, it is. So um, we're going to go hell for leather this year. Um, We're going to scale the team. We're going to add to our technology. We have loads of ideas that I cannot disclose at this point in time. But the technology will be... Mm become a little more complex but will offer a lot more functionality um, and we really just want to get people to start using it and to hear from our customers what they would like us to do for them because it's all about creating value at the end of the day and no doubt regulation and data protection will only keep increasing so we, we aim to stay on top of it and to make sure we offer our customers the best knowledge and the most up-to-date knowledge in terms of what's happening in Brussels.
0: I guess it's to make sure that no matter how big or small you are, the the law will affect you and you're going to be hit hard if you get it.
1: Yes, and what I've always tried to avoid is this fear-mongering approach that we're seeing an awful lot with the GDPR now. Everybody's screaming, yeah, the fines are so high, and yes, they are really, really high. But let's face it, an SME does not need to be afraid of being fined 4% of the annual global turnover. Realistically speaking, that is not going to happen anytime soon. Um, but what will happen is you will lose revenue because your larger clients won't come near you. Yeah. So we're coming at this as a more positive solution, saying, you know, if you can demonstrate that you're a privacy-friendly company, you're positioning yourselves in a really positive way in the market. There's the other thing is that, you know, technology is available to everybody now. It has become commoditized, and companies are looking for different ways to show that they're better than their competitor. Now, one way of doing that is by offering really good customer care. Another way of doing it is offering really nice designs, such as Apple would do. But another way of doing it, and Apple has done this really nicely with the Apple versus FBI case, yes. is to say, your data is safe with us. Come to us instead of our competitor. We won't exploit you. Yeah. Because Apple kept their data, their customer data safe from the FBI. That's a really powerful marketing strategy. So I think that where the world is going is people will start competing on having the most positive privacy image so and people gravitate towards companies who keep their data safe and people are becoming increasingly paranoid about where their data is going so rather than seeing compliance as this huge burden and you know be afraid of the fines and doing that we think you know be a responsible company take care of your data it's your most valuable asset If you can do that and tell your customer that their data is okay with you and you're not just in this for some, you know, seedy exploitation thing, but you're actually just trying to offer your customer the best service you can offer them and respecting their personal information, I think you're on to a winner. We're too far gone to say, hey, let's just not use the data. It's just not realistic. So what can we do and how can we make it work? So I think where the world is going is we need to find a nice happy place where we can manage data utility with the consumer's right to have their data kept safe so that the customer can say right, I'm fine to disclose my data to you as a company I'm comfortable with doing that and I will also stay with you because I know my data is okay with you. And that will then, for the SME, reduce their churn rates and all of that comes into the mix. So I think it's really important to just look at it from a more of a you know, a way to differentiate yourself and also a way of putting a positive spin on what you can actually do for your customer. You have their data. Respect them or they will go away. Yes. That's just how it is.
0: And in case if they know their data has been used in a responsible way, they're more inclined to stick with you.
1: Yes, and they're less likely to go to the competition because let's face it, there's an app for everything these days. So you will have competition. And I think competition is a really great thing because it means you're onto something. But there's also the point where if you can guarantee that the customer really knows what's happening, that's one thing, because customers need to know in a very clear and concise way what you are doing with their data and if you're open and clear about that and they then are still happy about you using their data that's great but I think all of this kind of really long the days of long privacy policies and things that nobody wants to read and they just click accept they're gone and they're now also illegal under the GDPR
0: yeah because I remember years ago at Apple 70 paid documents every time you, you were updating on iTunes
1: Yeah, and how many emails do you get with, um, hey, we've just updated our privacy policy. Do you ever read what that actually says? I don't, and I should because I'm a data protection person, so now I've become really interested in reading this. Now, for example, Snapchat came out with, um, just sent one the other day, and it's actually really good. And Facebook, after having been audited a few years ago, also completely overhauled the way they communicate privacy. So when you go into privacy in, in Facebook, the way they communicate to their customer is brilliant. They really are so clear in normal language, no jargon, on how they're using the data and what they're using it for. Yes, they might be doing horrible things to your data, but at least they're telling you what they're doing. Yeah, but
0: it's somewhere, and it's, it's, you got to get that. We have a uh, documents are so long it's not something they won't know what's
1: in there yeah and it creates this huge problem as well with children and it's something that i personally feel really passionate about um children are really unaware and and there's a lot of discussion about whose responsibility all of this is and yes you can say it's the parent's responsibility but often there is a level of ignorance that happens that the parent just does not really know what the child is a doing what services they've signed up to um and yes maybe that is the parent's responsibility to know but you can't expect parents to monitor a child's phone all of the time and you can also not really expect the child not to have a phone because there's there's a lot of good stuff that happens because of children having phones you can locate them and stuff like that it's important So, I think rather than doing the whole blame storming thing, as a responsible company, I think you should just take responsibility for it and make sure that you're managing underage use of your service and all of that and doing the best you can. And that's not something we always see. Yeah,
0: maybe it's been also education
1: awareness is everything Um, and awareness applies across the board hence that with Eurocomply we help companies create awareness within the organization by helping teams collaborate and involving multiple people within the organization to track compliance but it also is a society issue where we need to create more awareness in society and that's all of our responsibility and it's people like Irish Tech News, people like me people that are listening right now who need to just educate themselves and talk about it more because we're going into a world that's the amount of data is just going to keep increasing and it's going to be everywhere, we're going to know way too much about everybody and we're too far gone to go back, so it's now all about managing the situation.
0: Yeah, I guess for the next couple of years, when IoT comes the norm, everywhere, it's going to be more important that to, to know what's been shared in your data in your apartment or house.
1: Absolutely, like the Internet of Things is going to create a huge problem because it's something that I often discuss, and I think I discussed it during the talk here in Bank of Ireland as well. Um, it's a situation called information asymmetry, and yeah. it's an economic term usually but the way it applies in data protection is imagine you're walking down the street with your phone in your hand and as you're going about your business talking to your boyfriend or friend at home or your mother about what you're going to have for dinner your phone is interacting with the lamppost that switches on because it senses you're there because yeah. you're in a smart city now and a drone flies over your head and it detects your presence all the phones around you and the smart socks belong to the lady who just passed you yeah they detect that you're there and it's it's not just those things in your environment that will know your presence, it's also the service providers behind those devices yes. that will know that you're there so if you go up and down into work every day, it allows for companies to get, get a really clear idea of the pattern of your life and where you are during certain parts of your day and Information asymmetry means that the power lies within the with the person who has the most knowledge mm-hmm. of where the data is and who it pertains to and their behaviour. And in most situations, that's not you because when you're talking about having dinner that night, you're not aware of all of these other devices and all of these other service providers. And that's the world we're moving towards. And it's quite a scary world if you've done a bit of privacy research. We train engineers on privacy by design and making privacy an integral part of what they build. And that's mandatory as well under the GDPR is building privacy into your solution. And that applies from the planning stage all the way to, to your final update. And it can go... It sounds really complex, and to a degree it is, but some parts of it are really simple, such as um, data minimization. Don't collect what you don't need. And you'd be surprised how many companies just collect all of the data.
0: Because I've seen before online when you fill in the survey, and has certain things are optional, and that's the ones you don't need, which is fair enough. So mm. only might to ask, are you male or female, and that's in your email address. Mm. But don't want to know actually your, your exact address, because in my view that's not important.
1: No, it's not, and that's why you shouldn't collect it. And it also, from a liability point of view, you can't get fined for data you do not have. And I always say this to especially larger enterprises who often have loads of data that's just obsolete and it's just sitting somewhere. And, you know, it's just creating more risk. Why do it? Get rid of it. Yeah, and data should expire. You should have policies in place that say, you know, within X amount of time... This data is no longer relevant to us, it has now expired, we erase it completely. Because under GDPR you have a right to have your information erased and also putting processes in place within your organisation in order to manage that. Because often, especially in smaller companies now, if you ring them and you say, hey, you have my data, I would like you to erase all of it. The per- Chances are that the person picking up the phone has absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So you'd be surprised how many companies don't have a process in place. So with EuroComply, that's one of the things that you would discover, that you don't have the process in place, and we would tell you how to do it. So I suppose what we're doing is creating this solution that helps you assess where you are and tell you what to do in order to get your ducks in a row
0: and also I'll probably tell you which people in your company should be doing this
1: yes make somebody responsible always make somebody responsible because things do not get done especially in smaller companies if nobody takes ownership it's true in larger companies as well but there's usually a compliance department there that drills down on stuff like this but in a smaller company there's often no compliance person yet And that can go on for quite some time, even when this company grows and starts raising significant amounts of money. And then it becomes an issue once you get to that raising five million mark where your investors ask, so are you GDPR compliant? And you go, what? Yeah, that's not good. And then you're too late because you you already have all of this data and you have loads of customers and there's loads of stuff happening and you've no idea where it is and you don't need and then you have to start all of it and then you're backtracking and it will really stall your progress
0: so i guess from day one when you start a company make sure that's always in your foremost in your minds to be compliant from day one
1: yeah make sure that you're aware like in the early days of a company they're really messy um we all know this i know this i'm still in that phase I'm coming out the other end, which is great. But um, make sure that you at least know where the data is, and make sure that you communicate to your customer what you're doing. Like it's really that simple. For example, have a privacy statement on your website. That's not a policy. They're two different things, and these always get people mix them up for some reason. A statement is what you say to your customer. So this is: we collect this data this is what we're going to do with it then tell them their rights which is to have it erased to have it corrected and to have it um you can request to get all your data in in a commonly used format you need to be able to do all of that you need to ask yourself can you do this yeah that's really important but also have a policy within your organization so when you bring in another person make sure that you that there's a policy that they respect the data that they have access to also, don't leave CVs lying around. It's really simple things like that. You'd be surprised how much personal data just gets left, left on a desk somewhere. Yeah. And data breaches happen really easily. And it's often not because you got hacked.
0: Yeah. Worst thing is you go to someone's office on their computer is post-it notes. Yeah. That's the worst thing. With I've phone been. numbers and yeah. email
1: addresses and sometimes even bank accounts. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. I think another really important thing to do is make sure that when you're considering your security measures you consider your privacy measures the two go hand in hand yeah. it's not one or the other it's both Yeah. and it's the same with privacy and data utility it's not one or the other it's both yeah. always you can't justify it any other way
0: I guess if you more just tell them they both go hand in hand then they have to one in one or the other
1: yes you, I just think that we're now in a world where even you just can't justify not having both yeah. because the risk is just too high you're putting in a lot of work into your company and I'm talking to larger enterprise but I'm especially talking to SMEs here you put in so much work blood, sweat and tears a lot of money you you're now have your customers you're getting somewhere do you really want to jeopardise that for something that would maybe take you half a day to set up properly?
0: yeah and if we don't how would you come back? You'd
1: be—you're a goner. You yeah. only get one reputation. If you—if you have a really large clients and their data gets breached within your company, that client is gone. They won't do business with you. They will tell all of their friends. Yeah. And you're—you're you're finished.
0: And if you start again at first, in your company—they know who you are from your past.
1: Yeah. You take your reputation with you. You know wherever you go, there you are, and yeah. that's just how it is. And um, I think that's, that's just something that gets overlooked. People always think, oh yeah, these things can wait, but these things can't wait.
0: Yeah, but I also, said if you start from day one, and I've always an in your business from day one, I'm gonna be doing this, so, when you go to investors or something else, yeah, I'm compliant, GDPR compliant. Yeah. Once you've got that, then okay, fine, will
1: If you can address concerns somebody has before they verbalize them, yeah. you're putting yourself in an excellent position. So if you can go to an investor and say, we have X customers we have this revenue, we have these terms and conditions, we're insured, we are GDPR compliant, that investor would just go, that's great. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about that. Because the investor's putting their name on the, on the line too. Yeah. And that's where the concern comes from. And it's not just the investor's name, it's also the investor's money. So if that company flops because of a big data breach, then buy money. I'm flying to Brussels next Monday. I, I can't believe it. I'm, yeah competing in the finals for the title of European Innovator of the Year
0: I like congratulations and good luck with that thanks for the talk
1: well apparently um, privacy is high on the agenda
0: yeah well thanks for listening to the podcast and don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and also you'll get us in SoundCloud and also on our news website and thank you for listening